to Pastor's Prophecy Hour, your midweek installment of the Greater Life Church podcast. I'm Landon, and I'm here with Pastor Andrew to talk about this next episode. Pastor Andrew, I've heard that in this episode, we're going to be talking about the third temple and false prophets. Is that correct? That's exactly right, Landon. We've got a lot to talk about in this episode. We're going to talk about some of the technology as far as video games, graphics, and and uh, there's even some technology out there called deep fake that you can't even tell if it's the person or a celebrity or a world leader. And uh, we're going to discuss that. Then we'll go into the third temple. There's so much that has been worked on in previous years to prepare for the third temple to be built quickly. And as we know in scripture, it tells us that the third temple has to be there for the Antichrist to truly reveal himself. Uh, finally, we look at false messiahs, false prophets, false religions, and explore some of the things that are out there that really they're just deceiving millions of people. And our prayer, our hope is that people listening to this episode will get the truth and be able to combat some of those deceptions. All right, let's get into it. Awesome. Thanks, Landon. All right, we're going to start on the lighter side of things tonight with um, the Antichrist. (laughs) Sorry. So, So last, sorry, I didn't have a joke for tonight. That was it. Okay. So tonight, last week, we talked about this robot that was being built, and the goal was to have it set up in 21 cities over the world. And, and, and the argument that I made last week was that this robot, the technology was that a voice could be sent to these things, and uh, an image of a person could be transmitted on these things. So as if you're looking at a 120-foot-tall person, the image of the Antichrist, which the Bible calls the beast, is telling the world what's going on. Now, here's the thing. My argument last week was if the internet were to go out and these things kind of took up shop in the town square, you had to go and get your instructions or your word for the day or whatever at the robot, which is the image of the beast, which Revelation talks about. So I kind of saw that as maybe working. And now today, in doing another... um, angle of research. I believe the Antichrist has, there's many ways that this stuff could come about, right? So we're only presenting to you, what if it were to be today, what what would it look like? Well, many of you guys have already heard of the metaverse, and we know that that's kind of out there, and someone sent me a link right after the metaverse kind of rolled out. It's this online virtual reality and augmented reality or alternate reality uh, type of thing created by Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. And there's a whole lot of other ones out there, so that's not the only one, but the metaverse is almost very cartoon-like. Uh, but the whole concept is you live your life wearing a virtual reality headset and you're holding things. You could play games, you could do activities, you could talk to people, interact with people, and so on and so forth. So I kind of thought maybe the giant, while it is a possibility, maybe it's the metaverse or something like that. Maybe it's the technology that now all of us find ourselves immersed, or not us, but the world is immersed in this metaverse idea. And I I just want to draw your attention to the very fact that it just came out. I have a graph here of the growth of Facebook 
since its inception in 2004. I remember Kelly and I didn't get Facebook right away. It was not till 2012 that we got a Facebook, and then we got it just for to use for our church plant as a, a reference and an advertisement and, and communication and all that. And in 2004, Facebook started with 1 million users, and if you know, you know, it started on a college campus and it grew from there. And in 2020, Facebook had 2.8 billion users. In a world population that is 7.8 billion, now Facebook users in 2020 had 2.8 billion. Now, that's 16 years of growth that it took. So now you can begin to understand that the metaverse may be something that you have just heard about, but you see how quickly. So think 2.8 billion Facebookers could quickly go over to the metaverse like that. In addition, Instagram has 1 billion users, monthly users. They get a, Now, there's way more than that. These are people that get on there every month, 1 billion. There's 500 million daily users for Instagram currently. TikTok, which was something foreign to most people until the pandemic hit, right? And how many of you guys have heard of, not if you have one or not, I'm not putting you on blast. How many of you guys have heard of TikTok? Raise your hand. Okay, so now it's kind of, everybody knows what TikTok is. And most of us or some of us are, are finding TikTok because it's been shared on Instagram and then got shared to our Facebook and where they see the little TikTok. Hey, what's a TikTok? TikTok now has 270 million users. In the last two years, it was growth of 800%. So you see how quickly something could catch fire. Now imagine a government that says you have to be here and you have to have an account because we want to communicate with you, right? Now, for many of the people in this room, if the government says to many of the people in this room, if the government says you have to be here and you have to do this account, you have to have this, we're all going to say, I ain't doing it. <laughs> you ain't going to tell me what to do. I'm going to get in a semi-truck and I'm going to drive it to the Capitol right now. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> in jest. But at the end of the day, technology, again, is what we're talking about. In Pastor's Prophecy Hour, we've talked about the technologies that are out there. So I want to show you a few things. First, there's a deep fake. No, no sound, no sound. There's a deep fake thing out there now that as you can see, it is very, very hard. This is fake, completely fake, but it's very hard to tell who they really are and who they aren't. The next one shows, uh, there it is, a source. You see it? And then it keeps going, the fake movies, and then it shows in just a few moments, it'll show Vladimir Putin a side-by-side -side real and fake, and you can't tell the difference. One's real, one's fake. That's it. So you can see now, how many of you guys have done the elf on the, the elf cards, greeting digital cards? You're dancing and, you know, you got your little head on it. So it's, it's, it's similar technology, but more advanced to where you can video yourself speaking and pick someone whose face you want to be and send a message. 
deep fake video is something that is dangerous, and I'll tell you why, because now anyone can say anything at any time, and we don't know whether it's real or not. Does that make sense? In a world full of deception already, now there's a whole other layer of deception. Someone could be dead and gone, and we wouldn't realize it until months and even maybe years go by because we see a live something of them and it's a deep fake the whole time. Now, there's another video. This is a video game. So not this one, but I want you to pay attention to the, to the clip of the city that's coming in just a few moments. This is a video game. That is a video game. Yeah, just keep watching that. Now, as you're watching it, your mind <laughs> is having a hard time believing that the lighting, the shadowing, the everything about this is a video game. Are you as blown away as I was when I watched it? The trees, the detail. Now watch, there's a car shot in just a second. Look at this. This is in-game screenshots. If you play video games, you know that the commercial that comes before the video game is way better than the game itself. But this is actual gameplay in the video game. For those of you that are over 40 like me, you're going, what? I don't care. This. I'll give you a reason. Because right now, if you were to go to the metaverse, it looks wonky. It looks dorky. I haven't gone to the metaverse. I don't plan to. But if you were to go, people are floating around. You know, they don't have legs and, and they can make themselves look all kind of weird and there's, they can be an animal. They can be whatever they want to be in the metaverse. But this is where it's going, friends that we won't mentally be able to differentiate between what is the real thing and what is virtual reality, augmented reality, alternate reality. I watched a video um, somebody sent me of, say, look at the way the sun. So let me go through these technologies. First was lumens. Lumens is real-time lighting, like you just saw the sun cross cross over there. The second technology that they have here is called nanite, which means there's no more limits. So in other words, video game technology has always had this, you, you, you can see around you, but in the distance it's blurry until you go to where that is. That's gone. They figured out a way to make the building that's two miles away as sharp and detailed as, as you are standing right next to it. Why does that matter? Because virtual reality has gotten a, taken another leap closer to being close to reality. Why does that matter? You can be fooled. We found out a couple of years ago that the media got caught putting footage up of what was said to be the Syrian invasion or war, and it was some field somewhere, or old footage. The difference is, now they don't even have to borrow old footage. They can just make new footage and still fool you. 
We, we could be driven into war with Russia and there could be nothing happening there. Are you with me? They could say, this is live footage of the Russian tanks coming into the Ukrainian. And we go, oh my goodness. This is, this is horrible. Nuke them. And nothing's even happened. Why is this important? Because deception is control. The Antichrist primary objective is to deceive humanity to truly believe that they will save them. And as soon as they can deceive them, then they can control them. Now, Luke chapter 18, 8. Then we're going to be in Matthew chapter 24. I think the Lord healed me. I can see just fine this week. I don't need glasses. Luke chapter 18. Without reading the full text, if you go to the beginning of the chapter, it's the parable of the persistent widow. Talks about persistent prayer. Talks about pressing through. And in verse 8, it says, I tell you, as Jesus is finishing up this parable, it says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many will he find on the earth who have faith? Troubles me to say this. But we looked at two weeks ago, I believe, one of the signs of the end is the great falling away. The Bible tells us that there will be a great falling away, and then this, the man of sin, the Antichrist, will become known. And guys, I trust God for great things. I'm believing for revival. I, I, I believe for all that. But the, I believe the Bible tells me that before the Antichrist is revealed, which I believe happens right after the rapture of the church, there is a great falling away. I don't see revival in the land right before the rapture. You with me? I don't see it. Now, can it happen? Of course. But what I do see pretty clearly written in Scripture is there's a great falling away that has to happen. I pray that we have enough time to bring revival. Lord, do it again. I pray and believe that, that there will be people that will come to Christ every single day, you know, until. But at, at the end of all of it, Jesus says in his parable, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Why? Because there's a great falling away. Now, revival happens 
in the tribulation. Remember, the tribulation is God's last act of mercy to take away any doubt that he is real. During those seven years of trouble and the three and a half years of great tribulation, God does everything he can to say, it's, it's written down. This is, I'm doing this to try to draw you to me. And the Bible tells us that many, many will believe. Now, this passage is written on the end of a parable about persistent prayer. And so I want to encourage you tonight, before we get into anything else, we should be a people of persistent, fervent, faithful prayer. Amen. Because if there is a great falling away, and because the devil wants to deceive people, then how much more so should we be grounded in prayer and in the Word so we will not be deceived ourselves? Our faith is fragile. Not the person we have faith in. He's all-powerful. But how many of you guys know yourself, right? Now, Let's talk about something fun. Third temple. The third temple, Matthew chapter 24. Let's go there. Now, this month, these next few lessons are going to be more about prophecy and the Gospels. In Matthew chapter 24, we see that the third temple, give me a moment, I'm trying to find my place here. Beginning in verse 4. Jesus told them, first of all, the question was, what sign will signal your return at the end of the world? Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. Here we have false messiahs. They will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Common sense tells us and history tells us that people, kingdoms and, and nations have been fighting since there were kingdoms and nations, right? And it's only accelerated. Even in times of peace, you can put your finger on the map and find a nation fighting against a nation. You know, in, in our day and age, can I just say this? Everybody's at war all the time. Online. You know, you know, Every world government, world power right now has a whole military department 
That's all about cyber warfare. And guess what? We're always under attack by China, by Russia, by pick one. And guess what? The United States is always attacking. <laughs> so for me to say everybody's at war all the time, the ones that have a budget and have the cyber warfare team is completely and totally true. We just can't point at a bomb that got dropped with proof, but it's happening. Verse 9 says, Then you will be arrested and persecuted and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Is this happening right now? Yes. All over the world. Believers are being persecuted, arrested, and killed. Hated all over the world. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. You ever met a church person that hates another church person? <laughs> a lot of pain within the body of Christ today. A lot of infighting and backbiting too. Verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow, grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Who will be saved? The one who endures to the end. Your salvation is a relationship with Jesus. A relationship is an ongoing activity. Are you with me? It isn't something at six years old, Granny Smith brought you to her church and to her preacher, and he said, God bless you, little fella, and you went home and never thought about Jesus again. It is something we choose every day. Today, I will follow Christ. Today, I'll pick up my cross. Today, I'll honor the Lord with my life. Verse 15, the day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. Here we get to third temple. The, sacri the sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. That's where we're going to start right now. All of us readers are going to pay attention. The holy place is the temple. There cannot be an abomination of desolation or a sacrilegious object that causes desecration. Basically, something evil that happens in a very holy place. There cannot be that without the holy place to be built. The holy place here is two capital letters. Holy place refers to the temple. There is not a temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem right now. There's synagogues. There's chapels. There's churches. But there's no temple. There's a mosque. The dome of the rock. But I got some pictures for y'all. They they gonna build this thing. Here's what so Temple Institute is an organization that has been around for a few decades. 1987, I believe, is when they were established. Their goal, it's a Jewish organization. Their goal is to collect all of the stuff needed for the temple so they can set it up, build it, do it right away as soon as they're given opportunity and permission. That right there is a menorah that is out of solid gold, and it's worth between two and three million dollars. 
that one is going to live in the most holy place in the temple when they build it. It's already, it's already ready to go. That is a chauffeur and the trumpets for the feast of trumpets, and they blow these trumpets for the sacrificial system. This is the chauffeur. The last one was the trumpets, the chauffeur that's blown at the sacrifice. This is, this is, everything's been built to spec. In Ezekiel, it lays out, Ezekiel 40, I believe, it lays out in great detail, even more so than uh, the instructions that we find in other places of the scriptures. They have followed the model that's even more detailed in Ezekiel. There's another one here. Watch this. This is a rendition of what the temple will look like. Guys, they already have blueprints down to the last measurement. They have been collecting the materials of granite, of bronze, of gold, even the fabrics. They have... <laughs> this is an interesting fact. Keep watching while I'm talking. What are they doing? Um, so... This is, this is going to be cool. Keep watching. They have had to find the fabric that is the exact blue that they believe was used in the original temple. They had to dig it up in Africa and have it made so it could be woven into the curtains for the temple because they wanted to make sure they had the right blue. There was a survey carried out by government officials on the Temple Mount wearing police uniforms. They were caught on camera in January of 2021. Now, the survey, they did some digging around, and they couldn't find any press release or anything like this from the Israeli government. This is the kind of thing that the Israeli government would say, hey, check us out. We're going to do this. They couldn't find it anywhere. So someone took pictures of these people in police uniforms with survey equipment, government officials surveying the Temple Mount. On December 8th, 2021, they did three reenactments. They did a rehearsal in Israel, one for the anointing of the high priests. They have the right anointing oil that they believe was used in biblical times. They practiced it and did it and see how much they needed and all of that for the anointing of the high priest. The second thing they did is they took that $2 million menorah and they lit it to make sure everything was, everything was kosher. You like that? <laughs> the third thing they did is they practiced lighting the altar. They have already built the altar up to specs that will be in front of the temple. They even fashioned it in such a way that it can be rolled right up the temple mount in an instant to be able to have that first sacrifice quickly. All they're doing is waiting for a green light. So we see here, this is the temple structure, the art architectural rendering. Gershon Salman, Temple Mount Faithful. It's an organization by a man named Gershon Salman. The organization is called Temple Mount Faithful. They have already built and cut the cornerstone for the temple. 
The cornerstone is made of such high-quality stone that it had to be cut with diamonds. It's done. It's ready. Near, the Jer near Jericho in the Jordan Valley, they have a training center. It educates men who believe to be who are believed to be direct descendants of the tribe of Levi. They are trained now to how to serve in the temple. Over the past 25 years, there have been thousands that have been trained and are ready to serve in the temple. The priestly garments have been prepared and are already in store storage. Rabbi Kahain, who received the first set of priestly garments, has them hanging in his closet right now, ready to be put on at a moment's notice. And to correct myself, the special flaxen thread that was for the priestly garments and the curtains had to be imported from India and other overseas areas to make sure that the colors of the cloth were correct. In addition, 4,000 harps that are needed for the Levites are currently being fashioned. The Temple Institute also believes that it knows the location of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I've talked about the Ark of the Covenant in here to, uh, before, about how it could be in Ethiopia and, and in the basement of one of the first churches. Uh, that were established there by the Ethiopian eunuch after he talked to Paul, but they believe that it is in the belly of the Temple Mount, in the catacombs of Solomon. Because in 1 Chronicles 23.5, Scripture shows us that, um, not 1 Chronicles 23.5, but in, in Chronicles it shows us that the Ark of the Covenant is to never leave the place of the Temple. So, and we all saw what happened <laughs> to Indiana Jones when he tried to move <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Let that be a warning to anyone. <laughs> oh, every now and then I just got to get a little, it's too serious. <laughs> all right. Now, we're going to go through everything from natural phenomena to the signs of the sky, talking about blood moons and eclipses and all those things. All the nations will hear. We're going to go through all of these things, but tonight I want to kind of wrap up with false messiahs, if I can. Now, I feel obligated at least a little bit that I can share with you enough information about false religions that will at least equip you to know why they're false. Um, now, you can go watch YouTubes and do research, but here again, I've, I've, I've told you before, you've got to use discernment with that stuff. You go down the wrong rabbit hole, you're not coming back. <laughs> or you're going to be in my office and say, what is going on? So let me just make a statement here. Most of what you heard is wacky and evil and out there and crazy. It's true on some level. 
And like I told you last week, I'll repeat it again this week. <laughs> By and large, many of the people that are doing things like the tunnels and the dances and the parades and the, the evil things that we see like, whoa, this is crazy stuff. Many of the people that are involved in the construction or different things like that, development of the metaverse or whatever, many of these people are completely oblivious to the spiritual nature of what's going on. But somewhere near the top is somebody who knows exactly what they're doing. You with me? Now, because we've established that the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world. It has been. The Antichrist as a person has not been identified yet, but the spirit of the Antichrist is busy, which the spirit of the Antichrist is, is who? The enemy, the devil, right? So let's talk a little bit about some of these false messiahs, false religions. How about we start with the Jehovah's Witnesses? Now, Jehovah's Witnesses, what you'll find is with most of these organizations and religions, people get involved on the surface level and it isn't until they're in too deep that they begin to realize that this is not what I, this is not of God. And by that time, they have a decision to make. Either they leave their friends, their family, their everything, their businesses behind, their livelihood. They leave everything behind, or they just accept it and go with it. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses start by, started by a man named Charles Taze Russell in the, the mid-1800s. They reject the Trinity. They believe that Jesus is identical to Michael. So when you hear Michael the archangel, he, Jesus is the same person as God's first creation. In other words, Jesus is God's first creation, not in the beginning was God and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Not Jesus is God. Jesus is God's first creation. They believe that the Holy Spirit is a force, not a person. They reject eternal hell completely. They reject the bodily resurrection of Christ. And they have an intense interest, even an obsession, with the return of Christ. Now, it goes all the way back to this partnership between the Jehovah's Witnesses, which weren't called that at the time, and the Adventists. They both believed that the return of Christ was imminent and even took a stab at the date. It's 1843. Now... What happened is this organization went and hung out in a place called Springwater from 1843 to 1844. Nothing happened, so they all just kind of went home. After that, the Jehovah's Witnesses became a thing. I watched a uh, video today about Jehovah's Witnesses, and there was a lady who was a Christian who went to the hall of Jehovah's Witnesses and participated in a service and uh, was sharing some things about the experience. But the thing that stood out to me is that she shared that they were in a service and it was a small room and very nondescript and all of that. And um, 
she looked back and, you know, many of you have seen the prayer room. We have this glass wall over here. It's the prayer room. And uh, she looked over and at the back was a glass wall and you couldn't see really in it because it was kind of dark in there. And she asked her friend, what's going on in there? Oh, those people are disfellowshipped. What? They're disfellowshipped. So she found out that those people sitting in that little room were seeing all of the activities going on in the service and had to sit there and watch their family, their friends, the church leaders were not allowed to look at them, talk to them, interact with them in any way, shape, or form. So the lady was funny. She said, well, after the service, I, I figured I'm not a Jehovah's Witness. I'm going to smile at them. <laughs> so that's what she did. And, and a couple of them smiled back. But anyway, you have these people that are desperate to be accepted back into the club that will sit in a room completely isolated and judged, disfellowshipped, just so they could be allowed maybe back in. That's a Jehovah's Witness. Now... Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong on the nature of God, the deity of Jesus. They're wrong on salvation. They said for many, many years that there were only 144,000 that would be born again. Then they passed that number and said, well, we were wrong. They didn't say we were wrong. They say, ah, well, maybe there are other sheep that we're going to, a great crowd that will follow. They don't believe in, in hell or eternal punishment at all. In 1877, they predicted the end of the world. In 1880, they said the seventh, seventh trump was going to come, and the voice, the voice of the archangel would call everyone home. 1886, we have in the New Year's prediction that the end of the world would come, and it goes on. There's 1908, there's 1914, there's 1917, 18, 1925. They finally stopped. <laughs> now, let me talk to you about Mormonism. I'm not saying all this so you can go and debate with them, but you need to know the truth. Because if you talk to a Mormon that comes to your door, they're going to tell you that they also worship Jesus like you do. But the Jesus they worship is not the Jesus that you know and I know. Because the Jesus that they worship is the brother of Lucifer. Their father, named Elohim, was a man just like me and some of you one day. But he was so good in his life that he was given an opportunity to create his own universe. And then he has spiritual babies <laughs> with many wives in heaven and they're waiting for a body and then they go, okay, we got a new body. Let's send another spiritual baby down. All of this is true. But here's the problem. You begin to be involved in this religion, you don't learn the truth of the religion until you've gotten so deep and so fooled and so completely immersed that by the time you get there, like, what in the world am I supposed to do now? You actually have to have an invitation to go into a Mormon worship service. And in addition to that, you have to have an invitation to come into the temple. And don't, I don't even want to get into the special underwear and handshakes. But they got all this stuff going on. If you really want to learn about it, you can really find out a lot about it. But you need to understand that it's not of Jesus. 
It's not of God. It is a false religion and a false Messiah. Its founder, Joseph Smith, has been proven in their own historical records. It says that first of all, he had more than one wife. He was a polygamist. Second of all, one of the women that he married was almost 15, which means she was what? But they didn't say that. What you don't know about Joseph Smith before he became the prophet is that he was a con man and he was run out of town on multiple occasions because he would con people by looking into a hat and pretending to tell their future. Well, guess how he got the word word of God? He looked into a hat and told the guy to write it down. I got some pictures of, yeah, there he is looking in his hat. This poor guy over here is like, what? Did you know that the original Book of Mormon that is still in Mormon Museum possession, did you know that it was so far off punctuality-wise? Donna, you wouldn't even be able to fix it. (laughs) And it had to go through revision after revision after revision just to be readable. This is the gold plates that were... These are replica, by the way, because he said that I was given gold plates by an angel, and that's how I know. Where's the gold plates? I hit them. Can we see them? No. I'm going to put my head in his hat and tell you what they say. We're laughing, but this is millions of people believe this, and they're going to hell. It's terrible. It's comical how fooled people can be. There he is with uh, Gabriel, I think was the name of the angel. Is there anything else about Joseph Smith? That's it. Now, I know I don't need to tell you that the Church of Scientology is jacked up. But some people would say, oh, it's a church. R.L. Hubbard wrote a book and then... This group of people grabbed a hold of it and created a religion, which they only did it so they could have nonprofit status. And it's run by militaristic, yes, charismatic leaders who are abusive emotionally and spiritually and physically to their followers. They have millions and millions and millions of dollars at their disposal because Hollywood has grabbed a hold of this hook, line, and sinker. Because what they've done is they've taken God out of the equation altogether. God God who? It's all about aliens. It is. It's all about aliens. And it's all about discovering yourself. The Church of Scientology is as demonic as they come. the things you may have heard about, about Freemasons. While they do a lot of good in the world, building hospitals and whatnot, you need to understand, Jesus spoke very clearly about secret societies. And when you have to be secretive to join a society, you should run. And if you know someone that's in one of those societies, pray for them, pray for them, pray for them that God would bring them around. Illuminati. Oh, really? Illuminati? Y'all, it's real. 
Now, are we all going down a rabbit hole together and talking about crazy town? No. But I'm telling you, the backdoor deals that runs the governments of this world is as real as you and I sitting here today. Right? What is the number one thing that steers the, steers the levers of power? Money. Illuminati. The Jesuit priesthood. The quote-unquote black pope. All of these things are real on some level. I'm not bringing you up here today and saying, look at what I found out and an obscure thing over here, an obscure thing over there. But I've done enough digging to find out that all of these things are very real and they're in our world and they're very evil. And they're all vying for one thing. They're all working for one thing, to come against the church of Jesus Christ and the followers of Jesus. There are people literally trying to bring about the end of the world, yes, Armageddon, because they truly do believe they will win that battle. I am not kidding. This is something, there are people that think if they can get Jesus to come down here, we can whoop them and take over this thing. I'm not kidding. There is Luciferianism and Satan worship rampant. Child sacrifice happens. And one of the ways it does by the millions is abortion. It happens. Uh, I taught one Christmas on this idea. I know prophecy and Christmas, but anyway. I taught one Christmas on this idea that God gets involved when the helpless and the children are attacked. We saw it in Egypt with Moses, right? Pharaoh killed all the babies. Herod killed all the babies when Jesus came. God will not tolerate it much longer. He is the father to the fatherless, the defender of the weak. Now, let me talk to you about another one named John of God. John of God was a man who was in Brazil. Brazil. He channeled spirits. He would go into a trance. And here's the thing that you need to be concerned about or you need to be aware of, is there were actual miracles that happened. Unexplainable things. People cured from illnesses that was completely unexplainable. How? There's John. With who's he with? Yeah, he is. This woman has fooled many to believe that God is whoever you think he is. That's John of God. Charismatic, thousands and thousands of people would flock to him. Actual miracles would happen. Why? Because I even watched a testimony of a lady who had horrible headaches that was just crippling her. Went to John of God. He, he stood her up next to a wall and he put scissors in her nose. Looked like a COVID test. <laughs> anyway, 
Pues, <risa> <¿Qué>? <risa> Ah, he put scissors in her nose. And then he said, she said, he said, now count with me. And he twisted it 21 times. <laughs> you can go watch it if you want. But anyway, and she heard something crack on the 21st and she passed out. <laughs> They carried her to the room to the side and she, but she recovered fully. In my spirit, as I'm watching this, And hearing and looking at the live footage of it happening, I said, Oh God. And it hit me. The devil, the devil made her sick. And that same devil that made her sick worked through the devil in John of God to somehow take it away. Now, listen, God is sovereign, He allows things. He knows things are going on in our world. But at the end of the day, Judas betrayed Jesus, right? God knew it. And even Jesus knew it. Say, so, hey, go do what you got to do. Why? To accomplish God's plan upon the earth. And so John of God fooled many people. But I'm telling you here tonight, he was convicted of four counts of rape and he's spending 19, year, 19 years in prison. Be careful who you listen to and, and hear my voice. Pastors are not God. Me too. I know. It's a shock. <laughs> In all seriousness, if, if you're saying my pastor said more than you're saying God said. It's mm, good. It's good. Right? So we need to have our eyes wide open going into this next season, knowing that the truth, what does the Bible say? The truth will set you free. And we want to be not just oblivious to the things of this world, but we want to be earnest, studied, and ready to make an argument As Paul said, be ready for, to give an answer. But then Paul also said, uh, Jesus also said to them, listen, the Spirit will put words in your mouth. Don't worry about what you're going to say. The Spirit will put words in your mouth. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, do I have any other slides? Good. I have one thing I didn't show you last week. I think it'll scare you. Remember the trailer last week that you had to edit out the little nudity part? It really wasn't, but it looked weird. There's people like, anyway. So I left all the other weird stuff in. This is the trailer of a dance created, an opera dance created in honor of the tunnel that we talked about CERN last week. Here it is. What does that do to your spirit? 
messes you up, don't it? God only tolerated the Tower of Babel so long before he intervened. Chapter 18 of Luke, I'll leave you with this verse. Right before it says, will we find anyone on earth that has faith? The scripture says, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Time is coming when the evil that's in our world has run its course. And our reward is before us. Amen? Amen. There is hope for those that call Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Bow your heads with me. Lord, thank you that tonight, even learning and seeing the things that are troubling, you have promised us, God. (laughs) You have promised us, Lord Jesus, that in this world we will have trouble, but you have overcome the world. We trust you. May our minds be not deceived. May our hearts be full of faith. Holy Spirit, may you anoint us. Continue, Lord, to use us to spread the gospel message to those that need it most. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Pastor's Prophecy Hour on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to hear more from Greater Life Church, subscribe to the Greater Life Church podcast. Links to both are on our website, greaterlife.church.